Well, the Super Bowl is in the rearview mirror, so that officially marks the end of another football season. But if you're already jonesing for more content, Mitch, I think we can provide a solution for that problem. Are you ready to jump back in and talk some football? Here's the thing, Greg. Let's let's think of it this way, right? We are 190 days from August 25th. So let's let's think of this as more of like a pre-preseason preview type of show, right? Let's let's start getting into next season mode already. Well, let's go. The preview of the preseason preview preview. It's coming up next. <laughs> Talking Illinois high school football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome back to View from the West podcast. I'm your host, Greg Armstrong. I'm joined, as always, by the mayor of Morrison, Mitch Stormer. Mitch, we're back at the podcast booth here, the virtual podcast booth. We're ready to talk some football. But Mitch, before we jump into high school football... Do you call a holding penalty in the Super Bowl that late in the game? I mean, it, it was a hold. There's no question about it. Um, yeah, it, it's a tough way to go. Um, and it's kind of the same thing in, in the Bengals game. You know, you have a late call there, puts the Chiefs in a good position to win. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a crummy way to lose. And yep. But at the same time, you know, the game is not defined by one play all the time. So. Uh, you can you can think all you like that the Chiefs sneak you know kind of snuck away with one two weeks in a row I guess uh, but <laughs> you know it, it it was a hold unfortunately so yeah uh, good to see you know we complain a lot about missed calls right and then we're going to complain about too many calls like let's let's figure it out so yeah good great yeah. game awesome game uh, exciting stuff so yeah you, you hate to see it end like that but yeah it was a hold. yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a debate in our household, but yeah, I think the general consensus was yeah he did grab the jersey. So yeah. uh, regardless of what time it is in the game, you hate to see it happen, but you got to make that call anyway. The Chiefs win the Super Bowl. That's like we said. That's that's in the past now. We're moving into March Madness time, but Mitch, we're we're not a we're not a basketball podcast. We're here to talk Illinois high school football. You know, you know what? If we were, we'd have a heck of a lot of good basketball teams to talk about. You've got. You got Princeton, who's like twenty-eight and one or something. You've got Moline, who's top ranked in the state. Uh, all the Western Big Six, really. So, um, yeah, we would have a a really good uh, or a lot of good teams to talk about if we were a basketball podcast. To our listeners down in Quincy, the Blue Devils yeah. got a pretty yeah. good squad this year as well. So, uh, also, right? if, if you've never, if you've never seen what that pregame environment looks like, oh, oh my, my gosh, goodness. it's the best, man. Yeah, we I, need- I, I, I never when we when we worked. Uh, at KBQC, I never went to Quincy for a basketball game. So man, that that's amazing. No, I have I've never been to Quincy in my life for anything because no. we would always we would always get videos sent to us. You know, Chris Dewar yeah. is the best. And he's the man down in Quincy. So whenever we needed highlights, he could send them. So that would save us the trip. But I always kind of thought like, man, I wish we had to go because I want to I want to see that place in person. But yeah. I think that uh, you know Shuck. Chuck or uh, Dob, they could hook us up, right? We could we could get tickets to a Quincy basketball game. Oh yeah, you, you'd think so. I think we're on their good graces, right? I, I absolutely, absolutely. It's a tough ticket though, and t- tough ticket there. In, uh, I know. In Quincy. Yeah. No kidding. All right. Well, Mitch, this week's episode, 
We're jumping in. We're talking a little bit of off-season updates. We're going to, you know, do a little bit of, you know, housekeeping, seeing what we've missed in the past couple months when we've been on our little hiatus here. We're going to talk about the conference shifting, new conference alignments, non-conference matchups, a lot of those to talk about that we've been hearing, you know, lately, which is really exciting. Mm -hmm. We got some big-time college commitments to talk about that have been signed recently. So that, like I said, that's our off-season update episode for this week. Next week is our big one. Mitch, can you believe it's going to be our third annual Best in the West Awards episode? Now, I say third annual, but we've actually squeezed in three within a two-and-a-half-year stretch because right. the spring football season was our debut. So right. either way, it will be our third episode, our third Best in the West Awards episode. We'll talk best players, coaches, teams. All the all the stuff. Yeah, we'll have to. I'll have to, you know, kind of reach back into my memory here to to jog up some of the the good things that we saw and the, the really great season that we uh, that we had this past season. So yeah, excited to get back into that and, and relive some of that stuff. Yeah, well, you're in luck. I've been keeping a running spreadsheet where there's been stats and numbers compiled. So not not all is lost. We won't have to start from scratch, but yeah, yeah we will have to refresh the old memory bank and get get back into what was the best of our football season in uh, 2022. So, mm -hmm. Mitch, let's go over and, uh, you know, look through what's been going on. The, the high school yep. landscape, and you know, in football is always changing. And yep. this, this offseason is no different. A lot has happened. We'll jump in. We'll start in the Western Big Six. And it's, you know, unfortunate news that we have to start on. All of them in high school has already announced they're going to sit out of the 11-man varsity football schedule for 2023. Mitch, we don't need to dive into all of the Alleman, you know, issues over the last few years. That's been pretty well documented, but numbers are low. It, it, it is what it is. The facts are what they are, and uh, they do not feel like they can safely go out and compete in the Western Big Six. So they are planning to play a JV schedule. But it's just, it's a bummer, you know, that there are obviously when you talk about the Western Big Six, all these teams have been together for so long and to see all of them struggling and to not be able to compete, it just feels like, you know, the conference is a little less than because there's not that full, you know, conference slate, which you're used to. Yeah, like you said, it is unfortunate and I've. I feel like Alleman as, as a school has certainly taken a turn for the better from where they were. Right. Um, and hopefully this is just kind of a one-off reset for, for them. Um, obviously coming off of a season where they got their first win a while, had one of the best players that we've ever seen in the quad cities on their roster. Um, and, and so, yeah, you when you think about it, Greg, too, back when, when I was in high school, I mean, and, and some people who listen to the show will, will know this, some of the, the younger folks, the players won't. I mean, Allman was was the team, right? I mean, Absolutely. back in the day, yep. for a lot of sports, they were the team. Um, and I think we've talked about this before. I, I'm pretty sure Allman is the last Western Big Six team to go to a state final, and it wasn't all that long ago. Yeah, um, as a yeah, as a member of the Western Big Six, yeah, they yeah. were they were in uh, the state championship game. In the early 2000s, I can't yeah, remember I the exact year, but they like 04. Was that a, was that an Addison Driscoll game? They went in 04, and they went again a few years later. Um, okay. So they've they've been there twice, you know. And it's not. I mean, that's a few years removed now, obviously, but you know, it's not that ancient history. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to think so. Yeah. Right. 
Um, so uh, again, it's an unfortunate thing. I, it seems like, like I just said, that, that things are turning a corner for Alleman as a school. Um, but yeah, making that that tough decision to not play, not having enough players, you know, gives them a year to reset, play that JV schedule, get some younger kids some experience, and hopefully in that time get some more interest and really make a full varsity team for next year. So yeah, looking forward to the future for Alleman. Um, getting them back in the fold for one and, and two, as we'll talk about here in a minute, maybe they're exploring some options to get out of the Western big six. I think that would be good for them. Um, there's certainly places for them that could fit. Um, we'll talk about that in, in a little bit, but yeah, for, for this upcoming season opens up weeks, right. For, for all the Western big six teams, some teams have filled exciting matchups that I cannot wait for. Um, and some we're still waiting to get word on, but, you know, um, every, what's the saying, when a window closes, a door opens, something like that. Right? <laughs> um, so it gets so, po- so little- poetic, Mitch. So poetic. I know. I, I you know, <laughs> it's that Ambrose education. There um, you go. You know, it gives these teams that remain an opportunity to schedule an out-of-conference. They they're already usually have two out-of-conference games. Now they get a third out-of-conference game. Um, so, yeah, the opportunities there, because that we've, we're going to be talking about a lot of shifting around and conference realignment. Um, there's some opportunities out there that I think are really going to be, that could be fun um, as, as we'll talk about with Princeton and Sterling here uh, in a minute. So, but uh, all the, all the best to all of them. And uh, as they, as they reset here. Uh, Mitch, do you, uh, being that you are the Notre Dame fan that you are, do you have a Charles Jagasaw Notre Dame Jersey ready to go for, you know, your future uh, Irish lineman? Yeah, I don't, I don't yet. The, the, uh, he's, he's in a, a tough spot to move no, a new old line coach. So um, yeah, things are changing there in South Bend. So he, he'll be, he'll be a part of that future. Whoever is coaching, he'll be a part of it. There's no doubt about that. I got to imagine if you get one of those jerseys, it's got to be the first ever lineman Jersey that you would have bought in in your life. Yeah, oh. it would be better than my <laughs> Mitch Trubisky Bears jersey. That's oh. for sure. Uh, one time, uh, my son ran a 5k road race and one of the door prizes he won. I say one with air quotes was a yeah. Mitch Trubisky Jersey. And I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure he was winning that one when he, when he walked away with it. <laughs> oh yeah. man. Hey, he <laughs> took, he took a Matt Nagy offense to the playoffs twice. That should be a statue. That's in Chicago. <laughs> so. a better times in Chicago ahead. Better times. Yeah, well, and, 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 you know, now that we say that Super Bowl winner, uh, Matt Nagy. Oh, so, let's know. now. Yeah, now we're done. We've gone yeah. too far. So, Mitch, you talked about the non-conference games that set themselves up now with Allman sitting out in 2023. The marquee matchup that we saw right away: Princeton and Sterling in Week Five. That yeah. is a that is a fun matchup any year. I mean, you just you don't know exactly what these teams bring back. We'll dive into that, you know, in a few yeah. months. But either way, that is an exciting matchup yeah. on paper. If that game were this past year, oh man! I know, I know. What a matchup that would have been. But these these two teams have proven year in year out that they bring back a good squad. I fully anticipate Princeton to be really, really good. We know some of their names that are going to be back. They'll look different, but they looked different coming into this year, and they were still a fantastic team. Sterling's just going to reload. So yeah, and again, this is one of those things. It's one of those opportunities that's out there. You make the most out of, of a bad situation because Princeton's in the same thing with. Uh, with St. Bede leaving with track, which we'll get into in a minute. Yep. Um, yeah, you'd love to see it. Two really good programs that don't play a lot, getting on the getting on the gridiron um, in, in a midseason game. They're going to be in top form. Uh, it's going to be great. 
Yeah. Another cool, uh, you know, crossover game for our, you know, local coverage area. Geneseo and Mendota meeting up in week seven. So that's an interesting Western Big Six and uh, Three Rivers crossover again there in that one. That's a good matchup to see late in the season. You know, the tricky part is we have not, for these teams trying to fill this, you know, void in their schedule, is that most non-conference games are happening either weeks one, two, and three. Maybe occasionally you get like a week nine. The Western Big Six used to always have their other non-conference date late in the season, week nine. But if you're Rock Island or Moline and UT, I don't know exactly what weeks they fall, but if they're mid-season, teams are playing conference games. Or out of state, they're playing district games somewhere. So it's it's got to be hard to find that, you know, find that right fit at this point. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember exactly what the weeks are. I think I want to say Rock Island is week four. I, I think I do remember that specifically from Coach Hammer. Um, so yeah, it, I I don't envy these guys trying to find a game. But again, there's there's a lot of schools that are that are in this predicament, and so it, it's just a matter of, of finding you know the the right spot, making sure it's within a good enough uh, you know reasonable uh, way to travel. Yep, things of that nature. So. Um, yeah, we still got some time here. We, we've seen games materialize in less time than 190 days. So um, still going to hold out hope. Maybe they have something in the works they just haven't announced yet. So more to come on on that from the Rock Island, Moline, and UT uh, standpoint. Yep, for sure. We, you know, if we hear anything, if we get any updates, we'll definitely put them out, you know, on Twitter. View from West Con. We're, tr- on we're, Twitter trying, we're from- trying to play matchmaker here, Greg. We're trying. I, I love it. Uh, I love it. You know, there, there's a couple things that were talked about that just didn't work out. So. You know, we're trying our best to get some of these matchups that we think would be fun. Um, and, you know, it, it, it might come down to it's a last resort type of thing. So we'll, we'll wait and see. Yep. Well, let's jump into the Three Rivers Athletic Conference. There is a lot of shuffling going on here as well. Part of that shuffling involves Riverdale. And the good news is Riverdale is coming back to an 11-man football schedule in 2023. They set out last season, which left an open date for Three Rivers teams. So that got kind of interesting with teams having to fill. Some teams weren't able to find a, a, an opponent, so they, they took the bye week or took the uh, forfeit win. Mm-hmm. But before things could settle back in with Riverdale coming back and filling their void in the schedule, we have another conference shakeup. St. Bede announced they are leaving the Three Rivers Athletic Conference. They're leaving after nine years in the league. They announced they'll be joining the new Chicago Prairie Football League, which will start up. They've also been accepted into the Tri-County Conference in every other sport except football. So, interesting move. They cited that they felt like it was the best for their for their school, for their program at this time, uh, you know, for a competitive standpoint. And, you know, when you start looking around the enrollments, they were on the smaller end. They were playing a 1A, um, you know, they're a 1A playoff team. And a lot of the teams you're going to find in the Three Rivers are – 2A, 3A. There are some exceptions, obviously, but they they were on the smaller end. So, yep. you know, they made the decision they felt like they had to make, but it does kind of leave the Three Rivers in a tough spot here. Yeah, and St. Bede coming off probably two of their best seasons in recent history, you know, yep. uh, with, with John Brady leading the way. That was, a, that was a fun team to cover. So, yeah, and I don't remember, I'll put you on the spot here, if you remember who else is in that Chicago Prairie Football League. I don't remember. Um, I believe that Seneca and uh, maybe Dwight and yeah, Marquette. Yeah, okay. yep. And then it gets really interesting because it's some schools, some bigger schools that came out of the Chicagoland area 
that was from another conference shakeup up that way. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, St. Beat and Marquette will be playing some significant enrollment size schools, yep. not necessarily football powerhouse schools, but um, you know, some of the enrollment disparity is, is, is pretty big between these schools. So it's an interesting conference fit, but. Yeah. When, when that was first announced that we kind of, and I'm going to say that we broke that, Greg. Um, yeah. Yeah. There you when, go. When St. Bede was leaving, I almost thought that that was maybe going to open Ottawa Marquette to come back. I was kind of hopeful for that. Um, but you know, it didn't work out that way and that it, it, it is what it is. So um, yeah, now, now the track is in a, an interesting spot, just like the Western big six, where they once again have to find non-conference games um, for, for this season, but then they also have an open, uh, an open team, so to speak, if somebody wants to move into the track, right. For, for future seasons. Yeah. So Mitch, getting back to your question, um, Westmont is also in this conference. Elmwood Park, and then the other um, Ridgewood. So not the eight-man Ridgewood, but there's a bigger suburban Ridgewood school, and that they are pretty big enrollment-wise. So again, it's it's an interesting fit for that conference all the way around. But getting back to you know, Mitch, who's the next? Who's the next for the track? Who do they who do they fill in with? And I think when you start looking down the list of teams in the area that would be a geographic fit. You look at Alleman and Mercer County, right? Those are kind of the, the leading candidates, I would think. Well, it, not only in terms of, of geographic, you know, significance or relevance, but there's also been maybe some reaching out already. Yes, um, that's what I mean. Yeah, I guess I should have said the leading candidates. Those are right. <laughs> why, because they have reached out. Yeah, right. And and beyond that, you know, you might have looked at maybe somebody in in the Lincoln trail, but with what they're, what they're doing and they're merging, you know, conferences that, that takes that out of the way. Um, you know, you, you're not going to pull anybody from the NUIC, even though you have some previous track members up there. So yeah, it, it's, it's, they're in a tough spot. Um, but as we just talked about, there's maybe some possibilities here. There, there's always going to be something there. So there's always going to be teams that are dropping down to eight man um, that are consolidating that is a reality that we live in now. So this, this is not the end of, of this discussion, um, even within the track. Um, so, you know, again, as I, as I said earlier, when I don't even remember how I said it, when a window closes, a door opens, something like that. I don't know. I really don't know what the I really do not know what the saying is, but I, I don't think this will be the end of this discussion because we're nope. always going to be faced with this, unfortunately, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, well, let's look at, like we said, Alleman and Mercer County are the leading candidates, I think, for the yeah. Three Rivers based on that they, they've both reached out. We've heard reports, um, you know, from WRMJ and various sources that they have reached out to the track, showing interest. We'll start with Alleman. Mm-hmm. Alleman reached out, you know, exploring the possibility of making the move. But as of right now, the league did not accept them. So that's kind of seems to be like a dead end at this immediate well, point. And, and I wonder if that is because maybe Allman was upfront about their football aspirations for this year. You know what I mean? Maybe they came maybe. out and said, look, we'd like to join you. We're not going to have a football team. So maybe that was just like, okay, let's wait. I don't yeah. know. I'm not, I'm not speaking any more than what makes logical sense to me. Um, but yeah, we, that could have been part of why the track shot it down. Yeah. But um, yeah, I will say, 
ultimately they're a great they seem like a great fit enrollment wise 329 mm-hmm. right now is what i see on ihsa's website but you know it goes without saying that smaller rural schools hear the name alleman you know the private school in the heart of the metro quad cities it's generally not received as a good fit would you would mm-hmm. you agree that there's just some i i would think there's just some hesitancy because they assume that it's big bad alleman you know, the Allemans of old, like we referenced at the beginning of the show, like they're a far cry from that. You know, they're a far mm-hmm. cry from when they were competing at the top of the Western Big Six standings and making those trips to Champaign. And I think there's still maybe that perception that, you know, Alleman would be this bigger entity or the, you know, big school playing in the Three Rivers. But that's that's not reality anymore. You know, the, the right. enrollment doesn't say that. And the results recently have not said that either. Um, yeah. So anything it's it's her it's a traditional name that you would be bringing into the conference right it's yeah it's still all of them everyone knows all of them regardless of what the record on the football field is i, I still believe that that potential for all of them is there they're just in a tough spot right now but you know talking about private schools in the track you've got newman there so there is a fit you know i i don't i no, i wouldn't say that i agree with that that rural schools would be like no not all of them. And I, I don't think that that would be a reason. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, you mentioned the maybe they possibly had let the three rivers know that they weren't going to compete in football this upcoming season. I hadn't thought about that aspect, but what I did think about was, do you think if Allman would be in the track playing schools the size, you know, enrollment that that live in the three rivers, mm-hmm. would they have tried to play a varsity schedule this year? Because there's, you know, the the teams in the Western big six have so much more depth, right. you know, I, I still don't think so because I don't remember what they said on their, on their press release or even if they did, but it was, it was like 17 or something. Or it might've even been less than that. And that's even coming off of this season where they had to find kids to make yeah. up the team, all the credit to them for doing that and putting a team on the field this past season. Um, but I, I don't know if the numbers thing was so much, that we're going up against these big schools. Certainly that plays, uh, you know, uh, a factor, but regardless, whether you're playing a full slate of one, a teams, if you're still competing with 15 kids, that's tough. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. H- hard to say what, what again goes into those decisions, but I, I don't think it would have mattered. I, I don't think even if the track would have said yes, that they would not have played in football this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And if they ever do revisit that vote and what three rivers conference members decide to do with, with a school like Alleman. Conversely too, what would the Western big six do? That's a great question. Yep. Do they get a Quincy Notre Dame? Do they look at, I don't know, in the quad cities, you could reach out so far to get into that conference. But I hadn't really thought of that either. If, all of them left who would fill that spot in the western big six that would be interesting that would be that would be super interesting to see who they would look at yeah i mean the quincy notre dame is an interesting thought but i don't know if they're big enough to want to compete year in and year out you know in football and in everything else you know i i don't I don't know. I, I don't know. Be a great basketball addition. They're really good at basketball too. Absolutely. I mean, they're they're yeah. a pretty solid program all the way around. I think, and they, right. I think over the years they've struggled to find a good fit because you know Quincy's kind of in a weird spot to try to find a 
you know, a good conference what? home. What conference is Quincy Notre Dame in? I knew you were going to ask, and I I, don't I, I know, know it's I know it's changed. I think they were independent for a while. Okay. Um, I don't think they are. Yeah, well, hold on. We'll we'll see, Mitch. Let's let's uh, you know, we're going as live here. No no editing. Yeah, to, and, that, and and while you're doing that, I'm still trying to geographically think who they were in. They were independent last year. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, and, with, uh, with, with, being in, with you being in that, that Quad City metro area, like you could pull in so many different teams from, you know, certainly not going west, but you could pull teams from north, yeah. east, and south to come in. So that, that would be an interesting thing if all of them were to leave. Form a, form a big metro Quad City super conference across the river. Let's get Illinois and Iowa talking to each other. <laughs> this is an Illinois show. <laughs> it would never. Iowa football, Iowa football would never stand a chance. <laughs> there you go. It's all I'm saying. It's all so, I'm saying. So yeah, lots of questions surrounding that. The other school we talked about, Mercer County. Mercer yeah. County also expressed interest, informal interest. They also, I think, would be a potential great this fit. Great. And it, they'd almost be the great fit for the opposite reason because currently. They're the biggest school in the Lincoln Trail, sitting at 377. The next biggest school is Knoxville. So mm-hmm. whereas Alleman's the smallest school in the Western Big Six looking to find a better fit, I think Mercer County would be a good fit in the track because year in and year out, they're playing kind of a 1A schedule in the traditional Lincoln Trail. To get them up into 2A, 3A competition, I think would do them well. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, this would be a, this would be a tremendous ad for, for the track. Um, and, and we just talked about two and we will more here in a second with the Lincoln Trail and the Prairie land merging. Yep. There's a lot going on there. Um, you, you know, and, and I think that that conference would be able to survive a Merco leaving, um, if, if that's what the track wanted to do and that's what Mercer County wanted to do. So yeah, with, with their recent success in, in sports, um, and football, especially it's a great addition obviously going back to the Alito years brings in a lot of history to the track, a lot more championships into the, the historic lure of, of the three rivers conference. Um, so yeah, I would, I would be really excited and, and uh, to see Mercer County join the track. If, if that was what they wanted to do and what the track wanted to do. Yep. So like we referenced, you know, it would bring the golden Eagles in, it would bring the Golden Eagles potentially in the track more to a 3A competition. But that being said, we have the Lincoln Trail and the Prairie Land merger, which is naturally bringing, you know, we'll talk about it in a minute, but it's big schools and small schools dividing up amongst the Lincoln Trail and the Prairie Land. So yeah. that's naturally going to bring them a, you know, bigger enrollment schedule anyway. So let me, let me lay this on you here. Um, and I don't want to start spreading rumors. I'm just saying this as oh, here we as, go. As we're talking about it, what would you think of an Anawan Weathersfield joining the track? Ah, uh, that's an interesting one. Um, like, Anawan's right by so on the other side of, of Prophetstown, right? Yeah. Yep. So geographically, you're there. Yep. That's I'm that's just, an I'm, interesting. I'm just I'm just I, with. They're, they play 1A. Yep. So enrollment's right there. I, now, the only uh, the, the thing I would say is that in other sports, uh, I mean, I guess in basketball, where okay, Anawan yeah. 
okay. where Anawan well, and Weathersfield play independent, you know, on the Well, Erie Prophetstown does too. I don't think anymore. I don't oh, think oh, so. Oh, really? I'm not sure. Okay. I don't think so. I think they've now Am I, I think, that old that they don't anymore? Okay. I think it's a recent change, but yeah. Okay. Um, right. They'd be pretty small, um, you know, in terms of the track. Okay. But it, geographically, they'd be a great fit. Yeah, okay. I think I got to think. Just here. Okay, I, I, don't love, I love it. Spitballing. I got to think they're happy in the LTC. They seem like a, you know, prime member right in the mix. Right. I jumped ahead. Do you want to talk about some non-conference games in the track first before we get to that? Yes, we absolutely should because we have some good ones here. So we talked, yeah, we talked about Princeton and Sterling in week five. We talked about Geneseo and Mendota in week yep, seven. Yep. Um, and I'm seeing some of these for the first time. So you've got Kiwani, 4A Kiwani. They're going to host Aurora Central Catholic, mm-hmm. uh, traditional playoff team. Don't fare too well when they get to the playoffs, but <laughs> nonetheless, <laughs> uh, a 1A team. Uh, you've got Spring Valley Hall hosting IVC. Uh, Riverdale is going to fill their Actually, schedule. You are thinking of Aurora Christian. Aurora oh, Central okay. Catholic. I'm sorry. Okay. Aurora yes, Central Catholic is the Chargers. They were two and seven a year ago. So full disclosure, I don't know anything about Aurora Central Catholic. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I won't hold it against <laughs> you. Uh, uh, Hall will host IVC. Riverdale will host uh, Dupo. Uh, sure. Gerard is going to go to Warren, Warrensburg Latham. And then the big one that we just learned about, Greg, really excited about this one. Rock Ridge is going to Ridgeview Lexington. That's a game. Yeah, that's a great matchup. I believe it's in week two. Week so, two. Yep. yep. Now, what I will say is it's week two. It's a great matchup, but we would have had the potential for Mercer County, who's looking for a week two opponent, and mm-hmm. Rock Ridge to play each other. That would have mm-hmm. been a fun one as well. Yep. But we get we get a good small school matchup here, Rock Ridge and Ridgeview Lexington. Ridgeview Lexington went to the semifinals a couple years ago, and I believe went to the quarters cool. last year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, other way, uh, other way around. Semis last year, quarters the year before when they lost Selena. I think they lost Selena in the semis. I don't remember, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, a good team, a, a good a good one eight team. They, yep. they had. Uh, I don't remember what that kid's name was. Farrell was their running back. I don't Hayden, know what year he Hayden is. Hayden Farrell. So. Yep. Yeah. So I don't, yep. I don't know uh, fully what Rockridge and what the, the Mustangs bring back. But that matchup, again, two really good teams uh, year in and year out. So, um, yeah, week two, that's going to be a good one. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the Lincoln Trail Prairie Land merger. So, like we yeah. referenced, the Golden Eagles, you know, they may not have to go to the track to find those 2A, 3A, or bigger schools. The Lincoln Trail and Prairie Land are merging together. Mitch, I'd like to welcome you to the Lincoln Land Conference, the LLC. Yeah, that's what that's what Lincoln always wanted. He wanted his his own uh, <laughs> his own LLC to, to call his own. So this conference uh, is all business, Mitch. Yeah, it sure is. Um, <laughs> it's probably got some tax exemptions too, but. Uh, yeah, this is great. Uh, we're we're adding in a lot of new teams to cover, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't. We don't quite know what the scheduling is going to look like just yet. There's going to be obviously there's going to be crossover there. Um, I have some info. So okay. teams what, will, teams will play one interdivision game per season. The large squads, the large schools, which get into that that in a second, they'll need to find one non-conference league game per season to fill their schedule. So. 
right because there's all school there's side will... large school yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay cool okay so yeah so you won't see i guess a ton but we will so um we'll have to get yeah. into the uniforms on those large schools we'll have to you know we'll have to really dig into that but um teams that we're not totally non-familiar with right um we, we've seen Elmwood Brimsfield before, Farmington, West Hancock, Macomb, Illini West, yep. Lewiston. We've all seen those games before, so this this is a good this is a good merger um, and good for both sides here. Yeah, I think it's great for the small schools to not have to worry about those crossover Prairie Land games with potentially you know Farmington, Elmwood, Brimfield, Macomb on the larger end of things, and it right. really. It levels the playing field a little bit when, you know, United, Stark County, down the list, they can play schools like Rushville, Havana, South Fulton. Yeah. They're, they're all playing equal enrollment schools or close to it, which is great. Yeah, so then how, again, how will this work for, do, will they determine a small school champion and a large school champion and they'll both get automatic bids? I'm guessing that it's, yeah, they're okay. considered like two separate conferences yeah, almost. Yeah, just like yeah. a lot of the Chicago com- or yep. conferences do. Okay. Got it. Okay. So let's go through the list here. The small school side will be Monmouth United, Stark County, Princeville, Rova Williamsfield, Anawan Weathersfield, A-Town, Rushville, Havana, and South Fulton. So that's mainly... I already got a favorite. I already got a favorite. Okay. Okay. That is a majority of the traditional Lincoln Trail Conference. Right. On the other side of things, the large schools, you'll have Mercer County and Knoxville, they're the, you know, the other two that were the traditional Lincoln Trail teams, along with Elmwood, Brimfield, Farmington, West Hancock, Macomb, Lewiston, North Fulton, and Illini West. So interesting conference that is being formed on that large school side. It does bring some pretty good competition. Macomb was a really good team a year ago. And yeah. you talk about Elmwood, Brimfield, and Farmington usually are pretty competitive, especially Farmington's been really good recently. And Mercer County and Knoxville. Yeah, I think Macomb was undefeated until they lost in the playoff. But um, we we talked a second ago how how Merco and Knoxville were the two largest in the Lincoln Trail. Do you know where they fit on the large school scale now? So I think um, I don't have it right in front of me. I okay. could look and see. I mean, um, just 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 looking at it, I'm sure Macomb and Farmington are higher than them. But like Illini West, I don't think has. That I can't imagine they're over 400. Uh, I bet they're they're maybe in the middle, maybe towards the smaller end of those. So what did we say? Mercer County is 377. Yeah, Knoxville is 360. And you got enrollments. Uh, um, Illini West is 315. Elmwood Brimfield is 426. Farmington's 410. Um, West Hancock, 345. Lewiston is oh just over 400. Macomb's the big one at uh 600. Okay. Um so yeah, they're they're, they're right there in the mix. Yeah, sure. Yep, they're in the mix. Yep. And I I do think overall it's a better fit, you know, better fit for them. And we should mention Knoxville would be a great fit for the Three Rivers Conference as well had they not yep. just made the move a few years ago to the Lincoln Trail. I, right. I think Knoxville would have fit right into with the, you know, with mm-hmm. the track, but um but you know what, then you think Hey, Cincinnati's in the Big 12 now, so nothing makes sense. So whatever, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Nothing that, matters at all. That's true. U- that's USC true. is in the Big 10. Who cares? There, like, let's there just, are no, let's there are no rules and everything's no. made up. So Let's just make it up. Yep, yep. 
So All right, well, we, talked anything- about, we talked about earlier, Merco then has a week two open, right? They That's do. We okay. Yep. And I have not heard anything about that one yet. So, okay. yep. I don't know who is supposed to play. I guess, oh, it was supposed to be um, Rockridge. I was just going to say who was supposed to play St. Bede. We just referenced mm, Rockridge right. had that week open. So, well, you know what? And we could talk about this now or not, but we, we were talking earlier off the show about what ICCP is dealing with this year. I know, oh. they, were looking, I know they were looking for a week two opponent. I should, I should reach out to them and see. <laughs> oh, wow. I, okay. You've kind we, of become, we, to, to, you've kind of become okay, buddies. Let's, yeah, with them. Okay. Let's get into it. We're not going to sympathize with ICCP, but we've talked a lot about them on the show. Yep. They moved to the CPL or uh, sorry, CCL orange or something. Okay. Last I knew they had weeks one and two open yep. and weeks three through nine were against like, the defending 7A champ, the defending 5A champ or something, the 6A runner-up, like, as much as we've talked about IC Catholic on this show in a, in a negative way, they're getting absolutely hosed in this new format. <laughs> and they're going to play they, – they very well, Greg, could be 5-4, and four, go into 3A and win state. No question about it. Yeah. They're going to play absolute, like, bangers of teams in the Chicago – league you sent me that text a few a few months ago yeah and uh, i think i immediately texted you don't make me feel bad for for ic catholic but it it is a gauntlet you've kind of become buddies with them now look i can respect i respect how good they are right yep and i I disagree with the, the the class that they would play in but um i can also agree that the the ccl really put them to task so yeah um yeah well because they're the new they're the new kid on the block right they're the new team in the conference so they right. probably inevitably but, but got again them. i i don't think that they won't get into the playoffs and i don't think that they won't be a favorite and possibly even a top seed yeah <laughs> wouldn't that be something you see a number one <laughs> icy catholic in their five and four it well, would make sense oh uh, no i think they'd be a they'd probably be the lower rated seed and they'd have to go up against a team that thinks they're a top seed. And then they got to play IC Catholic. Right. They, yeah. Yeah. They would, yeah. They would either be like in like Kyle's ranking wise, be number one. Sure. In yep. the seeding, they'd be like a 16. Yes. They'd have to play the one seed and just dominate. So yeah. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll see what happens there, but yeah, it's interesting. Well, Mitch, should we jump into the Northwest upstate Illini? Yeah. We got, uh, we got some hardware, some academic hardware coming home. Yeah. You, you uh, oh, found this one. I did find this one. And then I'll, I'll, I'll speak on this one. And then I have a, a secondary thing for you. So the, the National Football Foundation named uh, Forreston as Illinois Class 118 for academic excellence. So congrats to the Cardinals on that. Geneseo was also the Class 4A recipient. Um, so, yeah, we, we like to see that. Two, two schools from our area getting recognized for, for their success off the field. But did you see that Forreston put out a poll a couple weeks ago of retro helmets that they had? I did. Which one did you vote on? Uh, I think I voted on the black helmet. Yeah, that's, yeah me too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I saw that that had gotten the most the most votes. Um, and so if if you're trying to think in your head, it's like the Ball State Cardinal. Yeah, it's that's kind of the logo they've used. Yep. Yeah, it's a black helmet with a with a large bird on the side of it. Um, look, 
I like their helmet now. I like that bird though. So yep. maybe maybe the maybe the gears are turning there for us. And I don't know. I would say I would say, Coach Janicki, if you're listening, the View from the West podcast proudly would approved. support the black. Yep, proudly approves the black helmet as Mitch pounds his desk and his phone almost falls over. And yeah. <laughs> but for now, hey, congrats to all their again to their hard work on the academic. Great year for them on the on the field and off. Yep. So congrats yep. to the Cardinals. All right. Well, some uh some news from Stockton. They have approved the hire of their next football coach, Sean Downey. He mm-hmm. takes over the Blackhawk program. He's a familiar name. He's served as the offensive coordinator for Stockton and for Eastland Pearl City. He helped guide the Wildcats to four conference titles and the 2014 state championship. That's a good resume because that EPC team in 2014 was really tough. That, that was a really yeah. good football team. Even, even even leading up to that in years prior, EPC, they they had years where they had quarterbacks who just threw the ball all over the field. So, yeah, this is a great hire. Uh, as, as I've said before, I'm a big fan of the Stockton program. Love the field there. Love, love the oh, uniform yeah. up there. So, yeah, this is an exciting time. They've, they've been down. Um, I, I expect Coach Downey to come in, shake some, shake some things up, and uh, we'll see the Blackhawks back near the top of those standings here um, with, with, his, with his resume. Yep. Uh, well, Mitch, I'll let you take over here. You've been doing your homework, talking to Kyle Campmeyer from NUICfootball.com, and you got yeah, some. That's uh, where, yeah, that's where my homework stops. Is just sending Kyle a text. Just, He's the one doing all the legwork. Yeah. Well, I'll um, give you both credit. You know. Yeah. So we'll we'll get into it uh, on a large scale here, but let's talk about this. We tweeted this out on Championship Friday um, after the two A game once St. Teresa won that it was official that we were going to have the defending 1A and the defending 2A state champions play in the regular season. We've known about this game for a little while. Um, I think Coach Aaron's tweeted it out during the season, I think. We, we've known about it for a while. So um, a combined 110 and 8 in the last five years. Um, just two of the very best programs in the state of Illinois going to go against each other uh, in the regular season in week, I don't remember, seven, I think. So, um, yeah, game of the year already on my list right with, with yep. Princeton Sterling in terms of out of conference games so this this will be an absolute uh, great great game so every team in the NUIC has to fill one from the 11 man um, contingent yep. has to fill one non-conference game so right. what um what are you seeing what do we got sure so we'll start off with, with Dakota coming off a playoff year they're going to start off with Fisher uh home of the greatest football yep. helmet in the history of football helmets didn't play last year. We're, we're hopeful, again, that they're going to have an 11-man team this year. Sounds like they are, so uh, we'll, we'll have a great helmet there. Um, that game is in Fisher. Um, going to Stockton, aforementioned, they just scheduled a game with Hayworth. West Carroll has a week three open. Still shows open. Not sure if they've found a game there yet. Galena is open in week four. Uh, this was one of those that we tried to play matchmaker on with Newman. Yeah. Um, but I believe I haven't seen who it is. I think Galena has an out of state opponent set up. Okay. So maybe somebody from Wisconsin set up for that week. Haven't seen too much, but they apparently did fill that. Then you get into week. Let's see, this is week. And you know what? I was completely wrong on my weeks. Let me restart. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the Dakota Fish, the Dakota Fisher game is week one. No, I was right. Stocky, oh, now, okay. now Stocky I'm confused. Good. Okay, no, I was right. <laughs> I'm blaming Kyle. Um, Stockton has theirs with Hayworth Week 2. West Carroll has their uh, their 
last game, their week nine game is open. Okay. You go to week four, that was Galena, the schedule with out of state. Then you get to week five, that's Lee Wynn, St. Teresa. St. Teresa, Teresa actually stays in the conference and plays EPC in week six. In week seven, you'll have Forreston at home against uh, GCMS. Okay. Week, week eight, great, great crossover here with Fulton and Knoxville. That'll be fun. And then in week nine, it'll be Dupec playing all top Catholic. That'll be also be a really, really fun game to end the season with. Yeah, really intriguing matchup there, Dupec and Altoff. And, uh, you know, a tr- it's almost becoming a tradition now with uh, Gibson City, Melvin, Sibley, and Forreston. They've played, I believe this will be the third year in a row that they've played each other. So <laughs> that's, uh, you know, kind of a unique rivalry formed there. And um, what was the other one you mentioned? The, the other name I heard in there? Oh, um, Eastland Pearls, or it's uh, St. Teresa staying in and playing Eastland Pearl City the following week. So. Speaks, yep. speaks highly of the Northwest Upstate Illini. If a team like St. Teresa, you assume they want to be tested and they're coming into the, you know, mm-hmm. UIC to, to get that test. So, yep. No better yeah. way, no better way to, to find it, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, Mitch. Well, let's talk some eight man football here. We got yeah. some news coming out of Aquin High School. They have announced their head coach will be Todd Kramer. He's returning to the sidelines for the Bulldogs. He was um, the head coach from 09 to 14. Had a lot of success. 48 and 16, a conference title, six playoff appearances, a state semifinal appearance in 2011. So, you know, quite the resume. I believe he's the athletic director at Aquin. So Mm -hmm. back on the sidelines to lead them. It seems like a good fit. Yeah, seems seems like a good fit. Aquin has certainly been a great program for a long time, so getting a familiar face in there uh, could continue that tradition. But Greg, we just kind of came across some not not breaking news, but maybe some news that uh, maybe not a lot of folks know about just yet, and then maybe maybe times are times are turning here. Yeah, so I had not heard. Um, I'm just seeing a report on uh, WIFR TV out of Rockford. Orangeville was uh, has been having discussions for a potential football co-op with Aquin. So mm-hmm. um, I know that Orangeville really struggled last year in eight man um, yeah. after having a banner year the year before making it to the, uh, you know, eight man state championship game. But um, they, you know, struggled a year ago. It's an interesting, uh, you know, potential, you know, deal there. I, I don't know. Yeah. And- and the article doesn't doesn't really say if they would have enough for to get back into eleven man um, or or if they would remain eight man. So, yeah, that that is certainly an interesting idea. Um, something that we hadn't, like you said, hadn't really heard yet. So we'll have to reach out to to Kyle and see what he knows about it. But um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. No no question about it. And, and it goes back to what we said at the beginning of the show. Things like this are always going to be on the table, right? There, it's there are going to be more instances of this happening, um, and this again, whether it happens or not, they're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what plays out. We'll keep, uh, you know, we'll keep up on Twitter and obviously be talking to we're Kyle mo- and see. We're monitoring the situation. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> That's right. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. That's right. That's right. Well, um, when we're talking about eight man football, it won't take long for. Uh, for us to get exciting matchups next season. Yeah. 
Talk about, is it Decatur Lutheran and Amboy in week one? Yeah. Um, yeah. Amboy hosts that game. So a week one game between two of the best eight-man teams in the state. Could be a championship game preview, Greg, right? Week, week one. Yeah, it would be interesting if they played in the first game of the year and the and last, last game of the year. There's right. certainly potential for that. We were, you know, we really liked what we had in Amboy a year ago, and they bring a lot back. So yep. we'll see see how it all plays out. But that that one will be a lot of fun right in week one. Well, Mitch, let's talk before we end this episode. We had some big Division One signings, some some Big Ten um, Big Ten action coming uh, commitments from our yeah. area. Tegan Davis from Princeton. He had originally been committed to Eastern Illinois. He flipped and ended up going to Iowa. So I believe he'll be playing on the defensive side of the ball. But congratulations to Tegan Davis. I mean, overall, just a great athlete. Having a great basketball season right now as we speak. But mm -hmm. getting that Big Ten offer, and he, he jumped at it going to Iowa. Yeah, one of our favorite athletes to cover um, the past couple of seasons. So, yeah, uh, well-deserved. Great, great landing spot for him, right? Um, so excited to see what he can do at the next level. Yeah. And then we have two commitments to Illinois from our area. Mac Resetich from Hall, Spring Valley Hall. This was a really <laughs> interesting one because he had been committed to uh, Blackhawk College to play baseball in the Quad right. Cities. And, he, and again, another great athlete, basketball player, baseball player, football player. But I really think his senior year, he kind of burst on the scene football-wise and really, you know, made a name for himself. He already obviously had an impressive resume, but I think his yep. senior year stats really, you know, jumped off the page. So credit to Mac Resetich for getting that offer and going to Illinois. Yeah, well, Brad Bielma is not going to let a good track athlete out of his out of his sight. So, yep. you know, a, a, a kudos to, to him, really, because uh, to Coach Coach Bielma, I mean, because yeah, I, I always felt that Mac Resetich I don't, I don't know what offers he had. Right. But yep. I, I always felt that this was an opportunity or, or a school like Illinois should have been waiting for an athlete like him. So good to see that come to fruition. We wish him the best of luck. And, and again, another one of the most exciting players that we covered certainly this last season. Yep. The other uh, division one or the other Illinois commit Henry Engel, the standout from Lita Winslow as Kyle Kampmeyer put it best from one a to D one. So yeah, right. that's, that's a cool, that's and a, a cool and, story. And another, another Lewin Panther to make that jump to, to one a, right. They had a couple that went to Iowa in recent yep. years. So yep. just the, you know, that, you know, production just keeps churning. Um, with that said too, these are, these are three that we mentioned. There's been a lot. So oh, not absolutely. To take, not yep. to take away from anybody. Um, but we've seen a lot of, of local commitments to, uh, to Ambrose, to Augie, but that leads me to my point, Greg, that I texted you about this, yeah. and this, yeah. this is your chance to shine. Okay. So we, we had some uh, some Sterling athletes commit to Augustana. Augustana University. Yep. And then we had some other <laughs> athletes commit to Augustana College. Yes, correct. Now, in, my, in my entire life, Yes, I have never understood how there is a uh, an Augustana University in South Dakota and an Augustana College in Illinois that share the same name, image, and likeness. To use a common phrase, yeah, same color scheme, almost the same logos, same nickname, same school name, 
you seem to know the answer to this question, so I'm, I'm putting the spotlight on you. Please explain to me how there are two Augustana uh, <laughs> How there are two Augustanas. Yeah, yes. Higher education schools, yeah. Set me straight on this. Well, yeah. Okay, so it is, it is a bit confusing, but they are Augustana University, whereas in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, mm-hmm. in Rock Island, it is uh, Augustana College. Mm-hmm. They are both the Vikings. They yep. are both blue and gold. Yep. Yes, it is very confusing. If technically they all started in the same place, they all formed, both schools were merged together. Well, they all started okay. together. And then at some point they split off and the, I don't know, however, the, the Lutherans decided to split and the, the, the Swedish, you know, school became Augustana college in okay, Rock Island. Sure. 1860 right they formed in 1860 okay so at some point in like 1859 they were like you go here we're going here and they formed two two schools uh in different parts of the midwest okay so i believe the norwegian faction moved to south dakota and it was the swedish the swedes came to rock island yeah you you forget about the norwegian contingent in the 1850s in the area so (laughs) yeah that makes sense uh well great again i i've never understood that Full disclosure, when I yeah. when I saw those commitments, I was like, man, Augie, they are really getting some good commitments, right? Yeah. And then I looking at it, I'm like, nope, that they, that's the other one. Okay. So Yeah, well, they both yeah. are getting good commitments, just not sure, all the same place. Of course. Yeah. I thought they were all going to to Rock Island. So uh, but as as we mentioned, South uh, South Dakota Augie D two, bigger yep. school, great yep. opportunity for for those commitments. So yeah, but I, I never, never understood how the, those two schools coexisted. So as someone who used to work in the marketing department yeah. at Augustana College, it would drive us crazy when people would mistakenly use the Augustana University Vikings logo, yeah. which is a different kind of more aggressive looking, you know, logo with same colors, obviously, like we just said. More, more Norwegian, yeah. Oh sure, certainly more Norwegian. Right. Yeah. You can although, see it right in the although I, <laughs> although I'm Norwegian and I don't think I ever look that angry. Not like <laughs> no, that. I've never seen. Yeah. I, well, you know, I've never seen you coach baseball, so I don't know. That's true. That's true. I may look like that Viking when I coach. That's a good point. So, all right. Well, there's your history lesson of uh, Swedish and Norwegian heritage. Uh, yeah. yeah. So wonderful. You get. You know, it's it's a jack of all trades here on View from the West. So now you know. You learn a little bit of everything. Or yeah. or not much at all. Who knows? Or nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. Well, Mitch, before we tie a bow on this episode and, and wrap it up, finish it up, the state championship games are headed back to Illinois State. I don't know yeah. that we've talked about this yet. No, I, I think we probably talked about it on the wrap-up show on Championship Friday about the future of where those games are going to be played. And I don't remember who all put in bids, uh, if it was if it was – if it was Champagne, if it was DeKalb, if it was Eastern, if it was Southern. Even I think Southern put a bid in, yep. Okay. It's just a tough – it's a bad beat for Southern um, yeah. being as far away as they are. So, yeah, getting back to Illinois State, they, they got a great facility there, nice, you know, central location. Um, you know, I, I, is, is there a correlation when games were played in DeKalb that teams from the North typically won? I don't know. But um, – you know, certainly evens out the travel for teams. Certainly coming from the south, right? That that's a, that's a haul to get up. Even to Champagne, that's a haul from from yep. teams in the south. So yeah, th- this is a good this is a good 
you know, uh, a good mix for, for teams, great facility. And, uh, yeah, we saw some pictures, you know, old school pictures of, I think it was, what was it? Joliet Catholic and somebody back in the day playing on the Illinois state turf. So, uh, yeah, th- this will be a lot of fun for a, for a new, new ish, right. New, but old location to, to cover championship games. So yeah, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. I think it's a great fit geographically but also being that they've upgraded their facilities since the last time they were there uh, it, it is it's much different than it was the you know the previous times that they hosted so mm-hmm. i think it's a great move and um yeah I, i'm excited to um you know to get to blooming to normal and have uh, a, yeah, a change of scenery and yep. uh it'll be, it'll be good yep all right well mitch next week we're talking about the best of the best in the west our third awards episode. Mm-hmm. You ready to break down the best coaches, players, teams? Yeah, like I like I said at the beginning, I'm gonna have to either look back at old score episodes or, or listen back to old shows of ours or or just find old articles just to kind of jog the jog the memories of, of things that we saw. So, but a lot of it's still fresh. Um, so yeah, looking forward to again. Even though we're we're into to February now, it's fun to kind of go back, right? It, that was that was months ago. Kind of fun to to go back and talk about it uh, before we officially say uh, say our goodbyes to to the seniors of that class. So that'll be fun. Looking forward to it, Mitch. Until then, we will uh, you know have a good week and uh, and study up, do your research. That sounds good. We'll talk to you next week. That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week. You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.